while we're waiting for Jason, why don't you explain how we uh, how we got here? Uh, okay, so um, Twitter. I, I think I'll, I'll do my best to infer what you mean here, but um, Twitter the other morning was like, "Hey, you've been here for 15 years, wasting your life," and it suggested I tweet about it. So I did. So I, I tweeted why I signed up for Twitter, which was that uh, Brian and then I, I joined you were in the Twitter offices um, debugging a problem. And, um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think Jack Dorsey at one point walked across, we were sort of sitting almost in their lobby. I mean, it was a, it was a startup. It was a small building at that point. Walked through the lobby and kind of count, called over his shoulder, hey, did you fix the problem with Solaris yet? Because they were experiencing some nasty performance problems uh, that, that they were seeing in production. They were in production on the Joint Cloud, which was hosted, which was you know, based on Open Solaris. And they weren't seeing the same performance problems on like their Linux desktops under no load. And, and therefore his inference was that it was a Solaris problem. Um, and I don't think we had an opportunity to respond to that. Like, no, it's not a Solaris problem. He's sort of stalked off. Am I re- remembering that right? Uh, yeah, that is my memory as well. The, um, I remember he did come in and ask, have you found the problem with Solaris yet? And at this point, we had found the problem, and it was in Rails. And I'm like, who is this asshat? And, <laughs> and uh, the guy that Blaine was the – and it was not Twitter, right? It was obvious at the time. Um, and Blaine was the obvious engineer. So it was uh, – we were with Blaine and Jeremy, among others. Um, and uh, Blaine said, actually, we found it. It's in Rails. And he was – just kind of like walked off. And I'm like, go fuck yourself. Why am I sitting here debugging your app, pal? <laughs> like, who is that? I did not, you know, I assumed that this must, like, that was, I did not remember that it was obvious. Um, I remembered, uh, I, I, can I, you, I, we're just, what is obvious? What is, it's the obvious test. No, it, obvious is that this is the name of the company was obvious. But was the, so it's, was this because they started as like a podcasting company? I, like, why were they called obvious? I don't know if Jason can get yeah. his tail in here. Okay, yeah. All right. He So Jason says he's showing up for the list. He's finally updated the app. I fucking like tried to prepare him for this, but, you know, I prepared him poorly. Um, I, you know, that's a good, it, it, Jason's going to know this history better than, it's certainly better than I do. Um, but they were, they had pivoted from whatever they were into and they were uh twitter had fewer bowels i don't think they had do they have an e i think they they did have an e when we were there by the time we were there yeah but at the time we were there i think it was like mostly on sms it was that right that was that was pretty early it was definitely early so this is in april of 2007 this is why we're here because it's calling out the fifty. So we got out of that, and I wish I'll explain to the the, the bug that that we debugged. Um, but the we came, I, I came away from that being like, those guys are such clowns. I really liked Jeremy a lot, but I felt like Dorsey was such a clown, and I'm just like that's got, that thing's got no future. Huh? Um, and I was like, there's there's Jason. Um, I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going to create an account there. And you, you came back with the opposite impression of like, that's pretty cool. I'm going to add an account. No, no, actually, except for the first part, I, I just came away with the, I'm going to create an account because there was a time in my life when it, I desperately wanted to be AHL, 
on as many platforms as possible. <laughs> um, this is an AHL maximalist thing. Yeah, and uh, like including like I, I have other stories about how I social engineered my way into AHL on GitHub and, and on Hacker News and things like that. It, no, this is this is my problem. This is nothing to do with with Obvious or Twitter. Right. And now, did you did you were you cognizant of the American Hockey League when you did this? No, 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 no. So I, I, uh, I welcome Jason. By the way, uh, oh, there we go. Well, there, we go. yeah, you, you, you glad, glad he made up here. What a, what a trash! What a trash can! <laughs> you know that's that's what all of our guys. Oh, it's all, it is so true. So, you, but you can't, but you can't use a fucking microphone on. Uh, oh, the desktop app, or you it's only through can't. a mobile phone, or you, that's okay. exactly right. That's that's what forty-five billion dollars buys you. All right, come on. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, it's it's bad. It's bad. I see. Uh, I'm so sorry to be uh, it's okay. to drag it's you into okay. the badness. So the uh, Adam, okay, so you so you want to you want to know the where where I heard you guys talking. You want to know where Twitter actually came the fuck from and how? Yeah. Well, so actually, Jason, I mean, you okay. got if you could just take us back to that, yes. that give us that 2006 2007 South Park zeitgeist because um, there are a lot of uh, companies happening. That, that time. Uh, yeah, well, and it goes it goes a little bit further back than that, and that um, they started occupying that office and uh, beginning of two thousand five. So we were because I was even using a, a desk in there for like two years before Twitter existed. And was this like over on Bryant? Am I remembering yes. that correctly? No, no, it was over like in South Park. In, in South Park. Okay. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. and. Um, and uh, no, no. So it started the, the 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 original company was Odeo, and that started in um, the summer of two thousand five. And that was Ev uh, Williams, who of course made Blogger, and it was Noah Glass. Um, and uh, the company that did Blogger was technically called Pyra Labs, and that's what Ev was one of the founders of, of course. And Google bought you know Blogger, but there's some fucking thing where they bought Blogger, but they didn't actually buy. Pyra, he was able to still use it. And Noah <laughs> and Noah Noah had done this company called Audio Blog, and so they sort of took Audio Blog and Pyra Labs, and they raised some money from uh, the guys at CRV, and then a whole bunch of um, uh, angel investors. Uh, so, like for example, James Hong, you know, of Hot or Not fame, uh, was probably oh. the biggest biggest thing. Yeah, because I actually when Ev gave James his money back. For audio not happening, meaning the podcasting thing, I actually was then across the street at a bar with James, drinking with him, looking at this check. It was it was it was sort of funny, but so the um, but so it was no no one Ev did did that. So they did um, uh, audio, uh, and it was audio sitting there, and audio had a um, like a. We started doing like we had like a Ruby on Rails, you know, little sort of meetups around the city, and we started doing them then at the Odeo office too because they had, um, you know, it, it, what were they making? Were they making a? They, you said they were podcasting. It was, it was a. It was a. It was a. It was literally. Um, <laughs> so it was. It was also flash based. Uh, if you were to go all the way back. But it was just a, it was like a directory in search for people's podcasts. So it's just a way to share a podcast. There's literally just an early podcast directory website. Okay. Like almost a RSS 
aggregator, but for fucking podcasts. For yeah. for super early podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. What are our podcasts in two thousand five? You know, um, I think everyone was saying that it, it wasn't like successful, and so yeah, so, but, <laughs> right, right. But, yeah, that's important. But uh, you know, Noah, of course, was there doing like I think I'm pretty sure Noah did the the fail whale design, you know, eventually, but then, um, Florian was there doing, um, uh, rails programming because the part of the audio back end started being more and more in rails with like a flash. I mean, imagine a flash front end with the rails back end and you can see what a fucking, yeah, what, what can go wrong? Trash, yeah, can, trash can on fire. That was, <laughs> it, it so, snappy. so, um, um, so did that, and Florian was one of the, you know, because at the time there was seven core Rails committers. There was, of course, David Hanemeyer Hansen, you know, and Toby, who's now the CEO, of course, of, of the CEO and founder of Shopify. And then we had, like, Scott and Mike and, like, two others. So we had four total committers at the joint. And then Florian was another Rails committer, and he started working at Odeo. And so that, that's and this so, is Scott Barron, right? Is that my room that correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Scott was the one that did all the uh, all the detroit props. Yeah, you remember that, right? Yeah, yeah. That and 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 also was the one that worked with Apple to get all the detrace probes into the Ruby version they were shipping too on, on right. Max. And so, um, so basically, it was a type of thing where then because Florian was now to Odeo, Odeo, Odeo was one of. Um, four companies in existence, you know, basically, you know, um, whatever the fuck Shopify was called before it was called Shopify. It was called something else. It's on, it was a snowboarding website, you know, at the time. And then, uh, Odeo and then Joint, And then of course, um, uh, 37 signals were like the four companies that had rails committers, you know, sort of in it. So we started doing like, oh, wow. so we started doing little rails meetups and shit in, in the Odeo office. Uh, and, um, they decided to sort of do one of these, you know, weekend hackathons. Um, and, um, uh, you know, at that period of time, a whole, a whole bunch of us, you know, strangely myself, it was either myself or, or, or Tom tech was like the number one dodgeball user in San Francisco at the time is all, you know, dodgeball stuff. <laughs> you know, you're, you know what I mean? Where you're <laughs> dodgeball. Yeah. You know, you're, you're all checking over, uh-huh. you're, you're checking in over SMS and that type of thing. You're right, um, yeah. but Dodgeball had also been bought by Google at that time and was sort of, you know, uh, increasingly less used or that kind of thing. But basically, on that one of those like little hack day, sort of hack weekends, um, uh, Blaine and Jack and Florian mocked up this whole fucking thing that was like Dodgeball. You know, you would like check in and that, but it had to sort of you would chat back and forth sort of element too, uh, and that was. Um, um, T W T R R dot com. It, so Twitter with no vowels, with no yeah. vowels. Okay, and, and this is all the SMS. Yeah. So the main thing there was uh, um, the main interface was. I mean, like the website would let you read stuff, but it was basically non-interactive. The main user, right? Ex- the 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 input and output, if you will, was 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 SMS. And it was funny because even even in the first, you know, because we took, you know actual Twitter into production in January 2007. Um, and uh, a big part of that infrastructure was all of the SMS demons and, and the like. There was as much, you know, hmm. there, there, was, there was more SMS sending and receiving and, 
email sitting and receiving in that than there was for the website. Uh, actually, it was no one gave mm. no one gave a fuck about the website. Um, but no, but it, so it, it was Odeo, and then it was sort of like Twitter, and then um, they all decided to go like all in on Twitter, and of course, being called TWT tr.com with a weird fucking bubbly you know version of that wasn't going to fly so ev went out and spent the money and bought twitter.com uh, it was owned by somebody the fuck else and i think they spent i don't know 500 600 bucks on it and <laughs> then they decided to not do audio so um ev bought out you know crvs Charles river ventures and gave you know james's money back and so he gave all the he made all the investors in audio whole um which was uh cool it's what actually had people sit down and say okay well you know we'll come on board of this this twitter thing or that type of bit and so um so yeah it became uh you know twitter sort of at that at that point and then later on um and so this is like is this 2006 at this point where are we yeah yeah we're like okay we're um uh, well, the, the thinking's 2006, but we're like, because um, when the wet when when Twitter.com went live in January 2007, like that sort of you know actual with the new name and the the current look and that kind of thing. That was in uh, January. Okay. Yeah, I still have the fucking like <laughs> I still have the quote and the architecture, and you know it was yeah, we went live it was low January 15th 2007 because uh, okay. We uh, it was a clean billing cycle, basically. In that sense. And then, okay, and then so we because I think we were in there in April. So certainly between, I mean, the thing obviously is has got overwhelming popularity, hmm. basically from the jump. Well, I mean, no, it must not, have, oddly, like not no. So the funny thing about it is the first it, you know, it it you know I get I guess it did, but. Um, you know, the, the thing that took, like, the first time there was a major outage because, like, a big user showed up was um, uh, when John Edwards got on Twitter. When he was running for... Really? Yeah, John Edwards was the, uh, <laughs> the first big Twitter <laughs> user. Yeah. Okay, and Frankly, so that... Yeah. That is strange. Of course, yeah. that is actually that kind of fits with. Yeah. I mean, he's running in two thousand eight, so yeah. it is early two thousand seven. Yeah. He's getting ahead of things. Yeah, yeah, and he was uh, he. So you know, it's funny because you know there wasn't really any quote unquote outages in Twitter, sort of January, you know, February, you know, sort of time frame of for sort of sixty days. Because I mean, it was um. The way it did the Twitter infrastructure there is, is it actually was fronted by because of, because it was pretty clear in interacting with sort of the development team there that they 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 didn't you know really um, you know they they weren't exactly uh, not rigorous yeah yeah um, <laughs> yeah and it was a very it was actually like it was it had so many um. um but I have solutions to that. And the solution back then, meaning 15 years ago, the solution there is that if you uh, if you don't trust what somebody's doing, is you you put them behind um, gigantic big IP load balancers that you can go change the logic of almost everything inside of you know iRules and 
I right. was writing Tickle. So, right. so you know, Twitter was behind two... A big F5 or whatever. Literally yeah. two clustered big IP 6400s that were, you know, like on two gigabit, you know, per second, you know, times four uplinks to, you know, fucking, you know, level three's internet. And, um, but you had essentially big IP sitting in front of it. And then, um, uh, mongrel was brand new. If you remember mongrel, you know, one of the ways of running like a freestanding little rails, uh, you know, process. Right. So, um, we, uh, I, I basically, I was load balancing off the big IP, big IP 6400s directly to just as many mongrels that I could jam across, you know, that sort of memory space as possible. So it's a bunch of mongrels sitting there. And then, uh, separately on that, um, I mean, Nginx and didn't exist yet. Uh, light HTTP did light speed did. So we had like sort of static, um, you know, dot twitter.com for all the static assets. And then that was basically off of, um, uh, Lightspeed, which was a proprietary, you know, sort of web server, you know, initially back then, but it was, it could fucking, you know, it was the, it was the NGINX of its, of its, of its, of its time. You should clarify, because you, you were not at Twitter. I was not at Twitter. No, no, I was, I was at Joint, but, um, and, and Joint, where all of Twitter's infrastructure was hosted. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Now, we happen to be things where, I would work at a desk in that, that building, just like how Niall Kennedy didn't work at Twitter, but he worked at a desk in that building. So I was working out of that office, you know, three, four days a week, uh, in that period of time. Um, cause joint was all, I lived in San Francisco, but joint was in Sausalito and who wants to go, you know, across the right. bridge. Who wants, to, who, who wants right. to go across the fucking bridge or take the ferry every fucking day just to sit at a computer somewhere else. You know, um, and so uh, no, in that period of time, I was, I was pretty much, uh, pretty much, pretty much there, and that was you know Jeremy Latrosse was doing ops, you know there. I I love Jeremy. Yeah, but he's a good classic, you know, ops guy. You know, where for every major out, it gets a tattoo to remind himself of it. <laughs> it, was, it was super, 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 super professional from that standpoint. Um, but it was big IP load balancers in front of mongrels, then then also then. Um, I'd set up a load balancing thing and it's sort of a cluster of my SQL in it. And then, um, uh, some of the stuff that was cheating, I mean, all of the messaging stuff was all eJabberD and done in Erlang, but because we'd done a, at that period of time, we had done a lot of, of Erlang based chat infrastructure for people like, you know, major league baseball and different stuff. So we had a good handle on you know, how to operate that stuff. And then there were these SMS demons and mail demons and some different things that, you know, fucking Blaine basically wrote in fucking Ruby. Um, <laughs> that was, uh, that, you know, that, that, that stuff was a bit of a bit, bit of sort of an issue, but there was, you know, there was the funny thing about it was, I mean, every, and the first outage is a good example. Um, you know, the, the first big outage of like, why the fuck's the site down? Um, uh, came when a bunch like 5,000, all of a sudden, John Edwards signed up. John Edwards had five thousand followers, right? Um, and that that would have that would you know in, in sort of the current Twitter that doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but um, 
you know, Evan and Jack and these guys, everyone had basically less than a hundred followers uh, at Twitter back then. And the way the, the website worked <coughs> was these geniuses didn't, um, they didn't. Uh, and it's funny because every issue that was ever there is entirely not surprising and entirely predictable. Uh, you know what I mean? It was like, there was never a problem there where you sat down and was like, Oh my God, you know, there's like, geez, Jesus Christ, you know, someone's, you know, someone's getting a fucking Turing award for that one. There's never, there was never that. It was always like, well, yeah, yeah. Like why the fuck would you turn the caching headers off? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Well, we want to make sure it's updating all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not how that works. Man. You know? So, so followers were not paginated. So if you loaded up John Edwards page it loaded up 5,000 profile pictures from 5,000 followers oh. on the single page. Uh oh. Um, yeah, sounds like a problem. So, and then um, the the, uh, the pages were um, also had some JavaScript on them that every sixty seconds it reload the page on its own to give you sort of the latest update. That was the JavaScript that was up there. So, uh, like all these abandoned web browser tabs would just be like if, DOS in the site. If 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 one person had an open tab in their browser just back there somewhere that. And they had John Edwards' page there. Every sixty seconds, that that browser would make um, five thousand plus requests to the application. Yeah. I would like to. I believe this predates tabs for whatever it's worth. I think this has to be a browser window in, the, in this two thousand seven era, it would, right? It would. Uh, it, it's 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 around the same time that it came out, I guess. But but it's a uh, wow. Yeah. So. Um, um, so that, that was when the, the great feature showed up where all your users don't show up as a list of, as a list on the right side of the page, it became paginated, you know, so it's only like sort of your top, you know, that's sort of there, you know, in the, in the user experience. Um, we had a lecture about why, you know, it's not really a big deal if somebody updates their profile picture and it's stale for an hour or so, but, you know, let's not, let's not turn off you know, headers or sort of do this or sort of do that. But it was one of the ones where, you know, they basically, the, the call always starts with, you know, you pick it up and it was always um, uh, Jeremy or, you know, once Jack was running it, if, you, if they're really upset, then it was Jack calling, you know, like, um, you know, when he fucking called me on Thanksgiving, you know, 2007, that was a, another uh, fun one. So, but, you know, but it's, you know, it's like, why is, you know, why is your network down? Why are your servers down? It's like, well, the, the network's not, like, nothing's down. So, you know, and uh, and then you sort of go in and, you know, and, uh, you know, you start taking a look at, you know, what they're doing. But what was nice about, you know, having this sort of discrete load balancers, you know, even they, they were, you know, at that time, you know, 150 grand for a pair, but allowed you to sort of go into a customer and, looked at what was going on independent of what they said they thought was going on. And then you could, you could go and, you know, write a couple I rules and force caching there or fix a sort of issue or, you know, kill the page off after a certain size or something like that. So I just went in there and quickly did a thing where we just chunked all the requests, you know, so it's like <laughs> 20, for 20. You. Yeah. It's basically, you know, the, after the first 20 K came out of that page, that was sort of it. <laughs> um, Cutting you off at the bar. Yeah, but the way they had it, though, is the text came out first anyway. And it just means that, you know, the 
300 pages of John Edwards follower profile pictures didn't load, but you know, that, that was sort of okay. Um, but, but no, John Edwards was the first person that broke Twitter. Yeah, that was, that was uh, the first big well, one. That's the thing he'll probably be known for. I, I, yeah. It'll be the fourth sentence in his obituary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. So the, I recall us, and I kind of went back to our earliest correspondence. Mm-hmm. And so um, it must be the case that by the time they hit March, April 2007, like they're in pretty consistent pain. Um, because certainly by the time we got in there, they were in very consistent pain. And they had, I just remember walking in there. Hmm. And the, the, Jason, you can tell me if, if your memory uh, is, is different. But I remember Jeremy telling us that the uh, the requests were taking several hundred milliseconds yep. each. Yep. And I'm like, good news. We just need to find the IO. Yep. Like, that's that, that's great. Yep. And he's like, no, no, there is no IO. I'm like, no, no, there has to be IO because yep. you, you can't spend 100 milliseconds executing instructions like that's a that's that, that's yeah, too not, many instructions it's not, it's not how it's not how it's not how computers work right as it turns out no and so just to uh and i don't know if, if it's worth at this point or if it's worth just uh, talking about the specific issue that we found yeah 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 go ahead. Uh, okay yeah so the so uh they had i mean it just as you were describing that they were very frustrated that they could not deal with more requests simultaneously um, they, uh, these CPUs cores are absolutely pegged doing mm-hmm. CPU work mm-hmm. and, you know, w- busted out D-Trace pretty quickly. And like, where yeah. are we spending our CPU time? It's all in B copy. Yep. Uh, why are we in B copy and looking at the stack backtrace? I just remember us being, and I'm not sure, actually looking at the bug report that Alan Cooperson dug up. I actually don't think that my memory was wrong on this. I just remember 434 stack frames deep. Mm-hmm. We, we are very deep doing these constant B copies and it didn't take us too long to figure out that what was actually happening is that we were in the Ruby code that was gathering a backtrace, a, a symbolic backtrace yep. because we were throwing an exception. Yep. And the reason we were throwing an exception is because we had decided we collectively humanity had, had decided that the way to, we don't like want to just iterate a, a for loop with a terminating condition. Yeah. We should actually walk off the end of an array and get an out of bounds exception. This is a much more elegant way of solving a problem, yeah. which makes exceptions load bearing. And that was, uh, that was yeah. all we needed to do is change that for loop. Yeah. And it was a, uh, it was a, so, right, so it, what do you remember? Well, well, Brian, just yeah. to clarify a little bit more on that, because yeah. we, so when we'd run off the end of that array, then we'd throw an exception and part of throwing that exception, because the runtime didn't know necessarily where it was going to be caught was to gather right. up and, and make symbolic the entire stack trace. Yes. And so that was a shit ton of work. A shit ton of work. That was immediately thrown away. Cause we were like 300 frames deep or something, right? Yes. And, 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 and it's going to be thrown away by the next frame, by the by, caller, right, right? By like the by almost the next instruction, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and and then doing that ad infinitum. Exceptions mm-hmm. should be exceptional. Yep. I mean, I actually I came to just not believe in exceptions at all. In part because of this, I, I think exceptions are. I, I don't. I, I actually much prefer Rust mechanism for using algebraic types to do this. But if you have exceptions in your language, they should be exceptional. They should not be for routine conditions because you're you're taking yourself into a collision course with parts of the runtime that are not optimized. 
So I remember think, wow. finding this, and I remember thinking, like, this is great. This is a big win, and they are going to be very grateful. Yeah. That was yeah. – I would say gratitude was not the emotion that was <laughs> – No, no, because you're talking about a, a group of people that, you know, when the milk and their latte is warm, they would spit it back at the barista. I mean, it's not a <laughs> – <laughs> you know, I mean, and that's sort of like, I mean, that is, um, it was a problem. You know what? You know, I, I started, you know, I'm just, I'm just sitting around in my Los Gatos compound sort of retired. I don't give a fuck. I mean, the, these guys were some of the like least educated ghetto developers I've ever experienced in my life. I mean, I felt so bad for Jeremy on like a day-to-day basis. I did feel but, bad for Jeremy. But, you know, just imagine a bunch of fucking high school dropouts that are now learning Rails before they could go copy shit off of, like, you know, Stack Overload or something. I mean, it was fucking terrible. We well, I do into, remember... We'd run into these types of issues where it's like the fact that this group of people are now here together debugging this, like, thing, okay? And we're not over there at Blaine's desk lighting him on and fire okay you know what i mean is is it's just it's ah uh, you know it's just sad well and i i remember and i can't remember if he said it to me or to you and you related to me but i recall vividly at some point jack describing having like 22 years of real-time systems experience am i remembering this correctly and me being so like you said something like that and i'm yeah. like aren't you 27 how is that possible? Even, I don't think he was even. <laughs> I don't think he was even that old. But, but it was. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it was. Uh, um, it was. Uh, it was a learning experience, I guess, from that point standpoint. I mean, the funnier the the you know the. I mean, to give you another example of one, like give you an example of one that like. Uh, I, d- I didn't pull in geniuses like yourself to take a look at. You know, there's things where literally, uh, you know, Rails at that time would be like, you know, slash home, slash app name, slash, you know, images, right? And um, um, we were sitting there and what, you know, again, the site basically wasn't working. And, and, the, and the skip to the end, I was sitting there trying to get into... Um, and it was always failing on basically pulling things out of the image directory. And so I was trying, trying to like get into the image directory and I couldn't, and I couldn't, and I couldn't. I was like, what the fuck's going on in, in here? And, you know, long story short, what I discovered was there were millions and millions and millions of profile pictures in this single directory. If not, if not billions. I mean, it was basically... It, it, nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was sitting right in relatively spanking brand new, you know, ZFS too. Right. You know, so, so that was, that was even, it was that image directory that, for example, <laughs> you know, the whole like, well, we'll just reboot the server. It took like, I don't know, fucking eight hours to finally load that directory up. Um, but that was self-inflicted too, because I, I went, I said, well, there's not even, um, there's less than 10,000 users on the fucking website. How the fuck can there be literally a billion profile images or a million or, you know, and it was ridiculous. I mean, it was one of the ones where, you know, um, Oh no, I remembered how we, 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 I remember how we discovered the number. I couldn't get in there. And so we still had a bunch of net apps around and, um, 
I said, well, you know what I'll do is I'm just going to, it's letting me like send copy it across. I'm going to, I'm just going to like copy, I'm going to try to just copy it over to the, the, the NetApp filers and see what happens. So it's like chugging away doing that. And then, you know, a big error pops up and says, you know, you can't have more than 38,400 files inside of a directory type, you know, error that NetApps used to spew out. Because if you used filers back then, you'd have to do your own hash directory structures and lay it out yourself and, you know, organize things nicely in it. So then I was like, oh, okay, well, somebody's somebody's fucked up here. And then um, did a thing where, yeah, then, then you know, you know, ran something and I remember it took hours to run and it came back that it was, you know, this gargantuan number of files inside of it. And it was millions or billions. It was like fucking ridiculous. And they weren't that big. And there these little profile pictures. So then I said, um, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take a guess here. Right. And so I do it again and I just grep for like the name test in these files. And at the same time I'm starting to poke through, all uh-huh. the unit test files and stuff that they're in the Rails app and sort of everything else, right? So the fucking guys working on it, part of the unit test they would run would be to like write a profile image. And then they had this other thing where um, uh, it would like. Uh, not clean up and the test would fail. And there's this comment in there about guy said like failed test so adding random string generator in front of test oh god <laughs> so oh no so what what they they had a unit test they were running all the fucking time that was writing a profile image but you know the engineer that did it wasn't able to remove it his quick little thing he commented was he just put random string and then with the word test on it and they had that's kind they, of like removing it they had they and then what they did it's is kind of a removal. Yeah, and then I and I don't know how you can run a test that many times either. They managed to run this test so much that there was like random string test dot png millions of times in this directory. And that 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 um degraded the performance of the website <laughs> for some uh period of time. That was probably <sighs> so so there was just uh there's just like a lot of that stuff. And I feel that what made them frustrating at the time was – I found this way with the issue that we found. You must have felt this way with the issue that you found. You, it's On the one hand, it would be – it's like, oh, boy, gosh, how did we do that? Sorry, we're growing so fast. This is a mess. But it, it just felt like there was a, a kind of a level of indignation of like, well, why can't the directory have billions of entries? It's like it should – the website should be fast with billions of entries. Oh, yeah, but you know the thing is, it's just the, it's just the, like that's just the, um, it's just a, it's just a case study of the Dunning Kruger effect, my friend. You know, and that is, (laughs) you know, people of limited knowledge and competence um, will always overestimate that knowledge and and competence, Um, and uh, you know they'll always, if if you've been making, cause you got to appreciate some of the mindset of some developers at that period of time, they're coming and making relatively small websites that a small number of people would use. Right. Right. Um, I mean, we're coming out of the nuclear winter of the dot com. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, and, and things like, you know, rails and the like made that super easy. It made it super easy to have a website that a hundred people would use. Um, 
But when you started sort of heading into real system engineering land uh, and, uh, you know, the like, you know, it, it turns out that uh, you, you do have to, you know, understand that um, com- computer science basically is not just you typing your little novel in a thing and turning it into a movie. Like that's not, it's not what it is. You actually have to understand the systems that you're on and what they do and why they're being architected. And, you know, I mean, it's one, it's, you have to, you have to actually have to do fucking engineering is what you have. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like that, that period of time too, was this really kind of interesting shift where Silicon Valley historically was making infrastructure but not really consuming that infrastructure. That infrastructure was being consumed elsewhere, certainly like in New York. And one of the feelings that I had being with Twitter mm-hmm. is you need to actually get some people from JPMC or Goldman Sachs. You need to get folks who like you think what you're doing or, or Bloomberg, because like what you're doing with this looks a lot like a, like a ticker plan. I mean, th- th- this looks like a trading system. And these problems actually have been solved by people that are super smart and are, are very experienced, but they're not here. They're not in San Francisco, at least not right now. Yeah, but, even, but it, even but even the challenge with those folks is that, you know, a high-frequency trading system and, and these things can be high-performance, but they're maybe, you know, on, you know, less than 120 physical systems. Um, totally. I mean, like, I mean, like what, what a lot of the web guys were dealing with, and I think people don't, when you sort of think even 2007 to today, you know, People almost get, I mean, because, you know, Twitter back then ran on, you know, basically a rack of servers, right? Uh, and, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, on one hand, you know, the paradigm that started happening was everything became, everything basically became a variation of a chat app. I mean, there's sort of this messaging at the core and there's high-speed messaging needs. And, you know, it is, it is elements of what you see in exactly the financial services space historically. Um, But then those tend to not even be as large as some of the systems that had to start being done in the web space. And you have this like, you have this explosion in the back office. Yeah. Um, And, um, and uh, oh, you guys, did you ever, um, uh, did you ever know this, the? You ever hear the story of their, the like the fir, their like first Hadoop cluster, there? No. No. Uh, what, what year are we talking about for that? Fuck. It was. Um, well, so yeah, that it's was probably maybe. Yeah, I forget exactly, but but the short version of it was they 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 wanted to they wanted to do super fast Hadoop. You guys will love you guys will love this based on your background. But they want they wanted to do quote unquote super fast Hadoop. So and they were gonna do that on, you know, brand new spanking SSDs. Uh and uh so they got a whole bunch of servers. They stuck these in the switch data center like by by us when we were in there. So I was having a chat with you know, like while while at our own joint stuff at Switch, talking to the Twitter people, you know, that like had their thing in Switch there. And they were sort of relaying to me the issue they were dealing with at that point in time. And it was a, um, uh, basically the Hadoop cluster would really get going. And then the whole fucking thing would just pause. And firmware time. And it's firmware o'clock. <laughs> oh no, it gets, it gets, it gets better. Oh guys. really? Yeah. It gets better. And, and there'd basically be no disc IO for, 
mm. some period of time. Like just, just, yeah. And it was always like right when these and these fucking things. You understand, like when they were doing stuff in this, it like it was one of those ones where it was. It's like you know, watching a low rider bouncing around. Like you're like, oh yeah, these servers are doing fucking work right now. Like, okay, like you just feel this thing vibrating. You know, so long story short, you know, we're digging in there and, uh, you know, the guys are trying to figure out this and trying to figure out that. And, and, uh, I remember like looking at the stuff and they had all the shit on the floor and I'm picking it up and, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm staring at it. I'm like, ah, okay, well you guys stuck all SSDs in here, right? Yeah. And I go, you went like cheap SSDs. Um, and, um, uh, they did and they had, um, they had, they had bought laptop SSDs mm. that all had um, like drop and vibration protection. So the systems would actually get enough vibrating from the workload they were doing and it would actually turn all the protective mechanisms on all the SSDs to protect them <laughs> from damage. <laughs> so then... Uh, uh, that was, that was an easy fix. You just have to replace all of those. Um, and yeah, I think they got all that. They, they were getting all that shit from Dell, but, but they stuck, but they bought, they went off on their own and bought a bunch of laptop SSDs and filled their Hadoop stuff up and the vibration sort of things kicked in. So there's always little things like that there. Um, and I just, you know, the thing too is people were just before that, everyone's just used to buying a big fucking box and you ran your shit on a big box. And I got to tell you, I would love to, uh, right now, I would love to be on that system looking at those laptop SSDs because that feels to me like I, so I'm going with my, my original hypothesis. I think that that is bad firmware or firmware that is trying to desperately rewrite Flash. You filled up your Flash and the FTL I'm, layer I'm, is not I'm, keeping uh, up. I, I think that is a perfectly valid assumption. I think it's a perfectly valid assumption. It, it, definitely buying consumer-grade SSDs and yeah. putting them in a data center, you're going to get a whole new series of pathologies. Well, especially and, at that time, because it was pretty early uh, yeah. for consumer Super SSDs. Early. Yeah. yeah. There, was there even trim yet? I don't think so. Uh, not really, yeah. Uh, Matt, you've had your hand up for a little while. Uh, yeah, okay, am I on? You're on. Yeah, so I was. Uh, I was just wanted to say I, I was surprised to hear the the anecdote about all of the the, the thousands or millions of images in one directory because I, I I don't know where I picked up this bit of like Unix best practice type folklore, but as far back as 2004, when I was 23, yeah. I knew that if you've got a whole bunch of files, you you want to use like you know, prefix directory names. To, yeah. you know, to split them up into yeah. subdirectories. And, yeah, and I, I don't know where I picked that up, but I know that probably, I did. But, but, but there was a lot of, um, you know, what I would explain to people and in the, the kind way that I was explaining it to the team back then, as I said, look, you know, there was a, a bunch of us that had experience with email systems. And when you go and design like the storage backends for large scale email systems, you do exactly as you just described. I mean, you know, particularly yeah, I when might have, of, I might have picked that up from looking at like a, a Qmail server or something. And literally like Qmail heading in the post fix and the whole conversation in the email server space back then was exactly how to horizontally scale out, you know, tons of individual you know, emails, you know, sort of like in there. But in that period of time, if you went like even, you know, um, I mean, I think we ended up making like a 
you know, a, a, a Ruby gem, you know, or one of those sort of rail modules that basically made it easier to do like a hash directory structure under the images thing. But you, you started sort of keying it up. Um, it was um, still pretty junky. And, and the funny part being is that um, the solution we ended up coming up with then was just to get them to stop storing those images. And uh, it was right when, uh, because, you know, Amazon Web Services had um, DevPay and then they did Simple Queue Service and they just launched S3. Uh, and so, you know, the way we quote unquote fixed, you know, the, 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 the sort of illogical way they kept on trying to come up with solutions to store these profile pictures is we just uh, moved all of Twitter's profile pictures on the fucking S3. Yeah, interesting. And so. I, I mean, also the irony of, of that the, the record <laughs> case is that the uh, ZFS actually does way better than certainly than you have oh, no. no we but, we I was having this conversation with you no know, Jeff Jeff Bonway soon after where I was like oh dude you know by the way um like because normally if literally what would have happened if that was if that was a NetApp filer on I think it's I it is it's like image you know whatever the fucking why is my brain blanking on the multiple? But, you know, it's like 32,400 or, you know, but it's like literally it would have hit exactly sort of file 3,000, 30,000, you know, 240, and it would have done an error and it would have written another fucking file again. Like that's, that's you know, um, but ZFS was just sitting there going, give it to me. I know, ZFS was trying to get accommodated. Just write it. And it was just like, and so I was just sitting there, yeah, I was just talking to Bonwick. You know, after that discovery, and I was like, I can't believe how much shit got jammed in that. And the but the whole the whole rest of the system was completely fucking fine. You know, it was just literally stuff was taking a long time in that directory, right? You know, and and, and I was like, I that was um, not that's that was a, that wasn't you know like normal file system behavior from an ops guy. You know, I mean, from you know like the experience you would have normally that whole system would have just shit itself. Uh, you know, if that was the case, but, um, but no, I mean, see, I mean, it was, it was a funny thing that, you know, basically it demonstrated that, you know, ZFS was just fucking fantastic. We, we, and it was interesting because I think like all of those companies, certainly Twitter had a total brain transplant over the years. None of those original folks, early folks at Twitter. I mean, Jeremy, I remember Jeremy looking at me being like, I was kind of rolling my eyes at something Jack had said, and Jeremy's like, Basically, the first opportunity I have to get out of here, I'm gonna get out of here, and yeah. uh, and he did. I, you're good for him, yeah. like, and I think he. I, yeah. I, I caught up with him years later. He's like, "Oh yeah, no, I sold it all. I did it early. Yeah. Never yeah. regretted it for a second. Never yeah. looked back." Yeah, I. I mean, you know, it's. Uh, but I mean, you know, ops guys are, and I always think of my myself as being very. Uh, Opsy and mentality, but ops ops guys like Jeremy, they're just um, you know it's it's a it's a little bit like um, you know what's that one famous Alexander the Great speech where he's like, "Show me your scars and I'll show you mine. All mine are on the front." You know, like there's, <laughs> there's, you know, there's never uh, you know good ops guys are like that, or just ones where you know you basically roll in and it's already. 
you, know, you start you start heading through this journey of human psychology all the way through to then sort of what the technical issues are. But you know, you're just you know. But they clearly like, changed their DNA over the years and got a much more. Uh, I mean, I think and, and as also those companies as the traditional vendors began to to fade as kind of epicenters of technological innovation. The, the the Twitters began to emerge. The Twitters and the Googles and so on began to, and obviously Amazon began to emerge as as places yeah, where but people just, would but go. But look in. how, but look how, like take take an example like Snap, right? You know where you know meaning yeah. Snap, Snapchat is even how Snap came. Snap, Snap's a good example of you know sort of the next Twitter, if you will, that was done that was a hundred percent on clouds from the very fucking beginning, um, and. Uh, I mean, it just blows my mind sometimes to sit down and even look at their, you know, the little, you know, their annual reports. And I don't know, they talk about spending, you know, one and a half to four billion dollars, you know, with Google Cloud, you know, around sort of like doing X. Um, and so, yeah, it's true. I mean, basically between, uh, you know, an Amazon, Microsoft, Google, you know, there's enough things there that you can sort of piece together. I mean, there's just all this shit that exists from a SaaS perspective and, you know, there's 300 plus services, you know, that, that, you know, exist inside of each of those. Plus you can still do some stuff on your own if you want to do it. I mean, there's just so many fucking options out there right now uh, that just didn't exist 15 years ago. So Jason, rolling back to the, you know, there was a, there was a period in Twitter where it became almost the experience became dominated by the fail whale. I mean, I guess the fact that we still remember the fail whale and they bothered yeah. to make like an adorable icon for yeah. when everything was fucked up, I think speaks to the, to the zeitgeist. So their reaction, as I recall, was to blame you, like to blame Joyant and say that they're the reason why Twitter is down. Am, am I misremembering that? I, uh, they would, they would, they would do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we always, I didn't give a shit. I mean, meaning like when they left, they were down for two days after they left. I mean, um, and that was because they were moving over to um, NTT, like in, like NTT bought all Vario data centers and they were actually moving over to like NTT hosting. Uh, and they moved all of Twitter over there and then, you know, got it up and running and switch their domain names. I mean, switch, you know, the sort of name servers and that kind of thing. And we still had, of course, all the replicas running on us, but, um, but, uh, um, you know, they went and they went down hard and then, um, called us and we ended up, you know, in about 24 hours having them back up and running on us for like another month or two, because what, you know, what they, what they learned is like joint was always, we were all, I mean, we were one in 10 gig as soon as you could be one in 10 gig. I mean, we were, you know, trying to get, you know, stuff out of force 10. And then, you know, when Arista was brand, brand new and everything else, we were always trying to you know, have a really good network. Right. Uh, and uh, they went over to, um, you know, NTT, which is, as you can imagine, is almost like was like the big corporate hosting sort of, you know, equivalent, you know, out there 15 years ago, you know, head over to Vireo and, get your sort of things but every fucking server had a hundred meg port in it plugged into hundred meg switches you know with like hundred meg uplinks and so literally these guys you know all the customer base there sits on one two megabits per second of like traffic maybe so they rolled right into this all hundred megabit per second network and they just came off a 10 gig network 
and uh, I can tell you too, like that that type of messaging design and everything else, and that that just doesn't that does not work on hundred megs. Yeah, and uh, once you, of course, w- once you actually hit bandwidth on those, once you're at throughput on the link, you're obviously you're que- you're going to hit queuing delay. You're going to go nonlinear. It's going to get very sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there wasn't. I mean, people forget too. Just even 15 years ago, it wasn't like there was. You know, it was a real sort of like echo chamber sort of anyway. Um, and uh, but we just. I mean, I think the first, you know, their first bill was about, you know. 3,800 bucks a month or something like that. And then, uh, you know, they ended up being a hundred, hundred and fifty, two hundred $200,000 a month customer, you know, in pretty short order. So we were just, we were just, I mean, the, the name of the game there was basically just brute forcing it with mongrels, you know? So like, it was just essentially sitting there and staring at a, a mongrel process. And it's like, how many mongrel processes can we run? And so it was just one system after the other, just basically running that. I mean, it was a really good uh, example for me, too, because we had brought on, um, you know, we just started thinking a lot about how can we get a faster Ruby runtime. And that was something multiple people were doing at that time. So, you know, um, you know, there was sort of the Ruby implemented in Ruby, you know, type sort of thing. There was this eRuby, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay, Ruby. And, yeah. And when we first brought on uh, Ryan Dahl, it was to you know, it was because of the work that he was doing on the Ruby runtime optimization. Hmm. I know so, that. It wasn't because of Node. No, Mark pointed out that like the Ruby guy on the team has this cool thing called Node, but no, it was it was Node turned out to just be a side thing that um, I I did not know that. I, I yeah. been, I thought I thought we had brought him in, or I thought you had brought him in. It's pretty it's me at Joyant. But I thought that was because of Node. It was because it actually to was, get Ruby. It was, it was actually based, faster. Ba- based on his. Uh, it was based on his uh, Ruby runtime optimization work and everything he was doing with eRuby. That's that's what it was for. For and then um, it became a bit of, you know, because you sort of look at at what Node.js became. You know, yeah. a lot of ways, the instructive aspect. For, for for node for me was like you know node is what twitter should have been written in uh you know it's a very good example back then you know if, if, if we were sitting there and node.js was a thing in 2004 2005 then uh there actually would have been a lot less pain in the web space you know in sort of you know six seven eight yeah, I mean, you need to have uh, V8, right? I mean, the, the V8 yeah. is very low-bearing in that regard. Yep. V8 is, is the actual, the, the um, in terms of having high-performance VM. And I think, and Twitter moved to Java at some point along, I mean, post-joint. They yeah, Java and Scala. Uh, apparently they, Scala, they, right, they're big Scala shop. Instead of having Scala, one monorepo or many repos, they have two monorepos. They have the entire world built in Scala and, and a similar world built in Java. Yeah, and of course, I mean, isn't Scala implemented in the JVM. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So one VM, but but two collections of code and coders who yeah. apparently hate each other. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me a lot of the, the Java stuff was more... It's probably separated by um, which domain the guys are working into. I mean, a lot of the Java stuff is probably people that are doing the 
you know, the map reduced backends and different sort of analysis like that. And that's all sort of flow, if you will. And Scott, Scott is probably much more for the website and shit. And I should note this debugging session that we're, that we're alluding to, you know, back in 2007, Brian was writing some heroic D-trace because yeah. there were no, um, like we had, we had done this work for the JVM to collect stack backtraces at runtime, but nothing like that existed for, for Ruby. Yeah, and I don't yeah. think even in JavaScript, right, Brian? We did that. No, 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 no definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. The Python one also did not exist at that point. That was no, not or it, it, maybe it just did. Maybe yeah, that was work that John Levin did. Maybe kind of concurrent in there. But, but it, I think that that opened our eyes to some of the needs around dynamic languages and ways to to use USDT, which had been developed for an entirely different purpose, yeah. and for these uh, these other Dtrace helpers for dynamic languages. Oh, totally. Yeah, what I felt like that this may I, I don't know if this was. Uh, before, during, or after our brief love affair with Parrot as the second coming of Christ? Do you remember this? <laughs> the, mm. I think Parrot was earlier because we, at this point we were at Fishworks and the Parrot love affair happened while we were still in the kernel group. And, and it, this was a brief love affair. This was a weekend fling with Parrot. And Parrot being a uh, a VM to rule them all is what we saw. It's like, and we thought, oh, this is great. We're going to have like the VM rule all VMs that you can do all languages in. And then we can just instrument this one VM and we will be able to instrument everything that Parrot can implement. Of course, was maybe not so much. You know, I feel like so. Parrot and like Raku or whatever it is has come up an alarming number of times as like a basic, basically a dead end technology yeah, cause, that cause, we love talking about. Yeah, because, cause, yeah, Raku, Jesus Christ. Yeah, because that's the meta model on a runtime virtual machine. And look, Jason, <laughs> I only know Raku because this is the fourth time we've, we've had to dredge that okay. one up. Okay, so oh, I know, no, I know we, we have brought up Raku a lot. Are you sure we brought up Parrot this much? Uh, you think we're talking about Raku independent of Parrot? You think that, I think like, that those I, are you challenging me? <laughs> <laughs> look, you saying that, okay, fine. God, we brought up Parrot that hey, much. You know, but the funny part is, you know, Parrot's, Parrot's still on GitHub. And its uh, last release was in 2016. But the good, but the good news is, is you know, its its uh, you know its its successor actually had a release today or yesterday. Look at that, more VM, baby. More VM. M O A R V M. Yeah. More VM is the success. We definitely well, we have not talked time. about that. Yeah, that's a first, yeah. right? Yeah. We have not talked about the about the successor. To it Parrot. says it says more VM was created to allow for greater efficiency than Parrot by having a closer internal representation to the model system. Look at that. Yeah, I, I am not as convinced that we talk about Parrot quite this frequently, but I'm I'm I am too. Uh, I'm frightened. I actually don't want to. Talk up on that because I'm sure we have. I'm sure I am sure that I do not have the biological ability to talk about Raku without also mentioning Parrot. Yeah, and our, like our brief Parrot love affair. Yeah, so Parrot, Parrot's a uh, talk about a um, <laughs> talk about like a, a point in time time capsules. I don't know what the fuck to even call that, but it's like a yeah. It, it, it was definitely like you had to be awake for that particular. That's like that's like bumping into somebody that has a certain style of a mustache, and they're the only one that has it. But it was really popular for like two years there. Right. In one city. <laughs> right. And in Parrot's case, I think that city might have been Portland. Um, yeah. I just remember yeah. like OzCon 2005. Parrot was, I want to say, look, we just need to like completely talk about Parrot, Adam, then we'll never talk about it again. I want to say 
OzCon 2005 peak parrot. That's what I'm talking about. I, I'm yeah. totally with you. And I think I, I read that parrot book on the way back from either that OzCon or like Euro OzCon that year or something. All right. I'm so sorry that we talked about parrot all the time. Uh, the, but I, yeah, I mean, I definitely remember it was, we were getting on our kind of hands and knees to be able to figure out what that Ruby stack trace looked like. And I feel like we learned this lesson a couple of times. Definitely saw it vividly there that the biggest performance problems in the stack were higher in the stack rather than lower in the stack. And in part because yep. of that era with, of, of suboptimal VMs. I mean, I think with, with Node and then with Go and then with Rust, I, I would like to believe that that is becoming less true, but... No, I think it's entirely... There's, there's just this... Because um, we, we forget, too, that, that in that period of time... I mean, what, in April 2003... You know, AMD came out with a 64-bit x86 chip, but but nobody else had 64-bit x86 as like their fucking 64-bit strategy, right? I mean, even Itanium. I mean, even Intel was Itanium, and a bunch of people still had shit on you know Spark and sort of everything else, and so it wasn't even clear exactly which fucking instruction set architecture everyone was getting ended up on, you know. And so you're sitting around, and you know, basically then in, in x86 land. And then you have this explosion of fucking languages that people are writing and sort of like whatever. And it was all just a fucking unoptimized mess from, I don't know what, 2004, 2012. But since then, everything's like exceptionally well done. I mean, you know, if you're basically writing stuff in Rust and Go and, and everything else, or it's, it's, it's tough to fuck up an app now, at least, at least the way some of those are. And I do feel it's because we, humanity, spent a lot of our mental energy on these consumer-facing web applications, these SaaS applications, and we yeah. got we got better at it. I, I, actually, kind of, I actually think – I asked this for a, uh, a, a hot take. I actually think the, the YouTube era allowed us to better communicate best practices and the, the, kind of the whole rise of like the recorded presentations where people could mm – -hmm. you know, you, you could watch – videos from surge and learn yeah. it, I, um, I feel like surge was rip was a conference that um theo and crew held uh, did you ever make it to the surge adam no i don't think i did oh man they were so good surge they were always great surge was great and the surge 2010 in particular was the first one i just feel like there was a lot there was a pent-up demand for sharing expertise because you had now what had been kind of um, the folks that were not really systems thinkers necessarily in 2005, 2006, 2007 had now you have people that were real systems thinkers tackling these problems. Yeah. And, and, and the, the systems themselves were a lot better. Like the fail whale went away, right? Like the, ultimately yeah. Twitter, Twitter figured out their problems. Um, I do want, I, just because I, we, we, we promised we would, Jason, and also because Adam and I can't biologically resist it, hmm. um, we do need to talk about what a post Elon Twitter looks like. I before we do though, I, Adam, I just wanted to go back to the AHL. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty, well, no, because I Jason had a really interesting tweet. I, I don't know a couple weeks ago, Jason, where you're like, sure. I'm actually glad that I'm Jason H, not Jason. Yeah, or J. I mean, right, right. You could so, be J. So I, I I was Jay and I was Jason and then I've been Jason H. I mean, because even Jason Calcanis, who's Jason, he's the third Jason that's had <laughs> Jason. You know what I mean? So, um, because I I was I was like there when the single letters were being handed out. And they were they weren't handed out to just people. I mean, so like, I mean, in my 
in my because you know you know my wife MJ MJ and I she's MJ okay MJ and I lived with at K and at C they were married and we were splitting a house in San Francisco so literally in my fucking house like just like amongst, five letters just amongst house just amongst five, housemates five letters every, for six people we we've actually had dinner parties where um it's been 10 single letters and two double letters at the party wow how do you so, feel as a as a peasant triple letter adam uh, you, you, you can eat on the street exactly <laughs> seriously just leave it out for me yeah so so no i mean i i you know i, I mean because i think uh hey is still around c has been suspended by twitter i'm sorry as i'm checking up on what what yeah. has happened to the single letters where are they now where are they now? This is well, the single at, letters of the alphabet. At uh, at J is like uh, I want to say she's at the New York Times or something like that. But and then of course Jason right now is Jason Calcanus. But but like I said, he's he's at least the third Jason that's had that. But I'm sure he acts like he's always had it, but he hasn't always had it. So um, so Adam was AHL. Then the American Hockey League comes along, and you. How did you negotiate your truce so, with the American Hockey League? Well, uh, so I, I feel very lucky that I that my initials aren't like NFL or MLB or something like that because I'm sure there wouldn't be a, uh, have been a long conversation there. <laughs> Not a bit as cordial. I would have just like tried to log in one day and it wouldn't have worked. Um, <laughs> right. But no, I didn't know anything about the AHL and like Twitter wasn't that popular. But then at some point, start getting popular, and then I'd get these tweets that are like, "Go Wolverines!" and like, "Go oh, yeah. Checkers!" Oh, and yeah. it's the Calder Cup, you know, and. and uh, and I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Uh, and so that's, that's when I discovered the AHL. And, um, and it, like, I, I, briefly, I bought a bunch of, like, AHL uh, jerseys because, you know, I, I guess I had 40 bucks to spend on eBay too many nights in a row. Um, but the, um, so the, the AHL is at the AHL. And I've actually had some, like, funny interactions over the years where, um, they've said things like, well, you keep us well-informed about, uh, whatever it is you're tweeting about, Adam. Um, yeah. so, uh, they, they acknowledge me. I think, um, you know, I, I don't want to, I want to stay off of their toes so they don't get hungry for a better Twitter right. handle. Well, is you know, it, making, le- is it making you nervous that we're talking about it this a much, little right? bit, a little bit. <laughs> no, but the lesson, but the lesson for me is like, because, you know, I was Jason at WordPress. I have like, um, my 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 it's it's my name at gmail it was my name at rocket mail you know so i had so once you start you know, the last fucking thing you need is like jason at yahoo mail it's like the worst email address in the world uh, right and so exactly. so like the absolute one of the absolute worst ones in the world and so then um no we sort of sat down that and it's like yeah i mean uh you know it's 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 like yeah you do it's like, yeah, of course I sign up and just like, I'm, I'm Jason everywhere else. I mean, no one's going to, I mean, there's so many, there were so many even customers like Twitter that don't even exist anymore, you know, that you go and sign up for their app for, you know what I mean? So uh, when <laughs> looking for, um, I was trying to remind myself about context about Twitter. Um, and it is funny, all of the companies that it's mentioned at the, like uh, tail rank. I had forgotten about tail rank. Yeah, it's like I, I've got a sentence that I sent in 2007. Companies like Twitter, Tail Rank, and Nick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah but I was Jason but, at Ning. You know, we you know we, that kind of thing. But the um, uh, well, you know, the funny thing about Ning is, you know, the um, I love Ning. Actually, that's that, you, know, the, you know the that's Canadian, 
Yeah, but 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 there was a pair of engineers we were interacting with there, Ernie and Hassan, and that Hassan is Hassan Minaj, the fucking comedian. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, he worked at Ning. The so, well, and I, Adam, I've got a a, a coda for you. Your AHL story. The uh, are you aware of the fact that Alexander's become that my my fourteen year old has become a huge hockey fan? Have I told you this? <laughs> no, no. I didn't. Oh, I. I was on a business trip to Minnesota where we were doing bring up. I was, I'd been gone for like first business trip in whatever it was, two years. I'm in the airport. I want to buy something for the kids. I got them some, I don't know, Minnesota wild socks. As it turns out, what I didn't realize is from a sports perspective, the Broncos were doing poorly uh, and the A's like to torture their fan base. So uh, my 14 year old was immunocompromised. And when I dropped those wild socks on him, he's like, okay, I'm a hockey fan now. Like I, I, I actually like. I'm so angry with the Broncos and the A's that whatever this sport is, I'm going to watch this. And he's like, I guess I am a Minnesota Mild. Is there something that Wild? Oh, I'm a Minnesota Wild fan. So he's like, oh, there's a game on this afternoon. So he has become a hockey super fan. This is only since October. Really? He he goes from like never having seen a hockey game at all to being he's he now views minnesota as like his ancestral homeland like i have never had an airport tchotchke purchase oh, you be over really delivered like this <laughs> you do be careful you gotta be very careful I'm, like i i feel like god could this have happened to any one of these things but so he is but in particular he is now like following these hockey players through the minor leagues mm. and he you, you probably know where this is going uh, but he's is this like, like the the some recent minor league incidents. No, this is more oh, like, okay, hey, good. why does Adam have the American <laughs> Hockey League Twitter account? And this is, like, and I'm like, I mean, you've known this kid since birth. I'm like, what do you mean? Why does Adam? Have, why does the American Hockey League have his Twitter account? That's the question. Exactly. He and he's like, Adam should really give them the handle, and I, which I view as an act of just wow. Total Seriously, wow. that, that is ridiculous. Uh, no, no, it's absolutely ridiculous. No, I, no I, you know what? You can talk to him as well. I have punished him, just so you know. Like, I, yeah, I, yeah. You know. good. Well, good. Please, I sad, no but, hey, the sad part for me, I mean, the the where this hits like real life is my wife is at MJ on Twitter, and I'm I'm flying in uh, from from fucking somewhere. I landed SFO. I turn on my phone, and I look at Twitter, and there's a tweet from you know Ohm. You know, a friend who's tweeting, I can't believe we've lost at MJ, you know, you know, rest in peace, done in the dunk. And oh I like god. was like, oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my fucking God. So this I'm is calling, how I'm finding out. I'm calling, I'm finding yeah, out. I'm, I've been on the I've been on a plane. I'm calling my wife. Nobody's picking up. I'm calling oh Ohm. Nobody's picking up. And I call a, a, you know, a common friend, Matt. Nobody's fucking picking up. Nobody's fucking picking up. Right. So now I'm like looking and what's he talking about? And I, I go like, you know, at MJ and I go over my thing. Okay. He was talking about Michael Jackson died. Michael fucking Jackson died. Okay. And somebody who's got, yeah, this is the, this is the danger. Okay. Literally goes, Oh, my whole wife, my whole wife's thing is at MJ for Michael Jackson or at MJ for Michael Jordan the whole fucking time. But like when, <laughs> With Michael Jackson, it is, it is actually funny. No. You go to MJ's Twitter profile, and she's like, "This ad is not for sale." <laughs> that is true. Oh yeah, because I mean, it comes all the time. But, not a pop um, star, athlete, or narcotic. Oh, but if anyone's you know, believe me, it's 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 like 
it could be for sale. So the uh, <laughs> everything's for sale. But it was, but it was just you know, it's just it's just a thing on there where you know a like highly sophisticated, long time two letter user himself, like Ohm, right? right? Like rips off a tweet <laughs> about like, hey, Ohm. You're talking about the and, death and this of is my not, wife. I mean, oh, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. But this isn't like like a random dude on the internet. I mean, right, this is like a know, friend. Like, oh yeah, like at the wedding, comes to the <laughs> right. house for fucking dinner. We right. just saw each other in London. You know, like you know my wife's fucking Twitter handle. You must know it. There's no way you don't know it. You know, and it's like, God, fuck Michael Jackson. Fuck Michael Jackson. I was like shaking. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm running out of the plane. I'm like Twitter. Oh, man. I find out she she's dead on Twitter. That's what happens. That's what happens. That's how this goes. Fuck. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. All right. So I, I we, we got to get to to Elon predictions. Uh, Adam, do you have any that are that you got he's lined gonna, up? He's going to let Trump back. Yeah. So do you, okay, that, that feels like a safe one. Oh, I, I'm not sure. Okay. So okay. Okay, that I feel is I feel actually the surest prediction is that he moves the headquarters out of San Francisco. That I feel is the I I, I feel that is the absolute unquestionable lock. First act, headquarters moved maybe to literal Mars, but if not literal (laughs) Mars, then like I I am moving them to like what like Okeechobee, Florida. Like what is like where can I move it to that is gonna like just get under the fingernails of as many employees as possible. That's a great prediction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just feels like a also, lot. Also, remote work is canceled. You need to move. Right. R- remote work move. is canceled. You need to move. Uh, and then, oh, actually, we can't get out of this lease, and it's kind of complicated. And so next year, we're going to, uh, you actually can work from this building. And uh, basically, nothing changes. It's my prediction. <laughs> That's quite a parlay. Uh, I like it. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it's not like... Uh... You know, Twitter is the ongoing juggernaut of industry-crushing features. It's a, it's a good example of an app and a, I would just call it a fucking website, I guess, but like a website that despite everybody's attempt to make it not successful, it just, it just, <laughs> it, just, it, just it just, it just can't help itself. Including main people at Twitter. Oh, yeah. no, I'm talking about people at Twitter. Yeah, no, I mean like yeah. literally. Everybody there's everybody there. I mean, even Jack is like tried his fucking best to have it not succeed. Like everybody there. Um, and it, but it just you can't. I mean, it's it's it, it's literally one of these few examples of just you know. I guess what it plugs into from a human psychology standpoint is such that like it's just it just it's can't fail. Well, I, so I think that so I think there are a couple of scenarios. I do think that there's a tumbler scenario here, where the and so you, I mean, you guys think it's a lock that Trump comes back on. I don't necessarily think that that's a lock. I do think that, I, I was just trying to pick stuff that you know would have uh, you know would have some predictability, some some like hey yeah you know I'll, I'll, oh I that happens so. that didn't happen yeah yeah I'll, I'll, so, I'll take I'll, I'll take twenty bucks on that. Well, I'll take twenty bucks if Trump is it coming back. It's like all right, all right, we can do that. You oh, pick, are we? God, you are reminding me. Okay, you walked us there into the last time I won twenty bucks off you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Has it been paid? Yeah. Oh, it was paid. It yeah. was paid yeah. because we were meeting Stephen O'Grady at yeah. the at the House of Shields. Yes, of course. And his office in San Francisco. His yes. office in San Francisco, and of course, my opener. Great to be here at the House of Shields, across from the Palace Hotel, 
Yeah. The the Palace Hotel is, of course, the the the, the site of the death of President Warren Harding. Yes. Of course. So who doesn't know that? Right. Warren, who doesn't know that? Well, that's and so immediately Jason starts to nerd chain me and says, you are the only person that knows that. I'm like, listen, I get that Warren Harding died a while ago, yeah. but he was a yeah. fucking U.S. president. Yeah. Lots of people know that. And in fact, in fact, I, and I was like, you, and I was like, you fucking nerd. No one knows that. No. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> every single employee at the hotel knows that. And he's like, I don't think a single employee who knows that. I'm like, great. This is easy to resolve. 20 bucks. We're going to walk across the street. Yeah, First easy. employee we see, we're going to, we're, we're going to ask them. Fine. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Maybe we both have a couple of drinks in us. We're definitely yeah. ginned up. I know yeah. I am going to absolutely win money. Yeah. We walk in. First employee we see is the concierge. Yeah. I say, uh, sir, a U.S. president passed away and i didn't even get to the rest of that sentence yeah it's true and, I remember oh, the, 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 the look in his eyes i could have asked him anything about the harding administration we could have yeah. talked about teapot dome yep, we could yep. have talked about about the convention i could 100%. have talked about i mean this guy is like what obscure aspect of warren harding do you want to know yep and so, so he's yep. like he has a look of total knowledge i'm like just give me the money now and he's yep. like yes how can i accommodate your request what would you like to know like, well, my friend here doesn't, doesn't believe that you employees know who this, this person is. Could you just give us the name of the president? And of course, I remember being like, Warren G. Harding, 26th mm. president of the United States of America. I can't even remember what right. number he is. But right. he, I mean, he definitely was adding like as much oh, superfluous he, detail as possible. He did it. He did it like in a special voice and everything. Yeah. Right. And, and then Jason, again, we've had a couple of drinks in us. Jason yeah. is like, Fuck you, that's the concierge. Like the concierge's job true. is true. to answer questions. And then I'm like, okay, that was 20 bucks. Yeah. I want a, I now want a thousand dollars. Yeah. That we can find someone who for whom the question has to be translated, who knows the answer. <laughs> yeah. And at this point, I saw a look that I haven't seen very frequently in Jason's eyes, namely fear. Jason's like, no yeah. deal. No, no, no. I'm not yeah, doing we're, that. We're, yeah, we're, we're done. Like, you, you paid your point, asshole. Yeah, we're, you're, we're good. You're not the only person that knows about Warren Harding. Yeah, sorry. but the thing is, I just... I All right, know, so, so, so already, sorry. What are you going to put 20 bucks on? Oh, I don't know. I forget now. <laughs> <laughs> Warren Harding. So I, I, so I do I'm, always pay my back bets. Up. I always pay my You do. You do, and you, I paid right on the spot. I have to say, right, right on the spot. Um, the... So, so, so the thing. I mean, I just have fears. I have fears that, like, are we going to feel good about using this platform in you know to make it to our one year anniversary of doing Twitter Spaces? Like, how you know, at, is there a point where it actually gets icky? Okay, and so I... yes, I think that is what I call that is the Biff Tannen scenario. <laughs> so, 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 so the Biff. So, I think here's the reason that I think you should have solace about this. I think that this is not going to be like I feel like slightly worse about being on Twitter. I don't think that the, like the dial isn't that fine. I think if Trump is back on the platform, they will likely because if they eliminate all moderation, let's say, or emit, eliminate the, the ability to block people or mute them. Um, I mean, if, if they eliminate all the safety features they've added, if they were to go. I mean, I don't think yeah. Jason. I don't think Elon knows what an unmoderated internet looks like. I don't think he's he's not close enough to the internet to actually have seen an I unmoderated. Don't, uh, I don't. Um... The unmoderated yeah, like, internet I don't, I don't is think, boring. You know, but the funny part, yeah, and I don't think uh, um, 
Yeah, of course, he's a very smart guy, but I don't think he knows what normal is for, for any. I mean, because part of it is like it's this stuff is such a fucking sewer. It's. I mean, the best. He, he's the no best, clue, though. He does not know that like the sewer that is being prevented twenty four seven three sixty five. Well, the best rant I no, the best like thread I saw on Twitter about this was from the uh, former you know Reddit CEO. Yeah, um, and it was yes. a little bit. Yeah, it was of, good. It was a bit of like. You know, if you're in the Mark Andreessen, Elon Musk age of Gen Xers, like your concept of the Internet is not what what it is. It's not what it is. Yeah. Did and, you see this thread, Adam? This is a very good thread about. Oh, no, I didn't. Is this is this Ellen Powell? No, 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 no. This. No, is no, no, no. It was it was. Uh, oh, God, I forget his name before. Hold on. Let me take it on. But he really, but he he nailed he nailed the issues in my opinion, and because you know you just sort of um, now at the same time, do I think that you know Twitter has done you know the best possible job from like a product and productization perspective, and really you know maximizing the value of what they have here? No, like not at all. I mean, it's it's it is it's one of these like cockroach of the fucking internet you can just stomp on it over and over and over again and you can do stupid fucking products and kill them you can buy vine and stop it you can do you know all this sort of i, I mean like vine's a good example okay, vine had, is a good example yeah they, vine had, is they had they had tiktok years before they had TikTok. tiktok yeah yeah so yeah you know what i mean well, yeah. and, and the and then like I mean just your earlier point about like them not being able to kill things like the literally users are inventing the features that are compelling like retweets right retweets are user invented yeah. and, and hashtags Everything only yeah. begrudgingly adopted by Twitter and so I think in the Biff Tannen scenario this is where Twitter turns into Microsoft Tay if you remember that, Adam. Oh, God. I, I, I could oh, remember God. a name, but I couldn't assign it a value. What is Microsoft Tay? Oh, Microsoft God. Tay is where Microsoft created this friendly bot that would be on Twitter and you would yep. at Microsoft Tay things and Microsoft Tay would learn things and their speech would get better and better and better. But of course, I mean, Microsoft Tay so lasted on the open internet for like 18 milliseconds and eight changes. It was immediately, right? No, it, it, it was no. It, people, went, it went people, crazy racist. People, crazy racist. People purposefully fed it that fed it, and make yeah. it that way. Yes. Because that's how. Um, I mean, the funny part is, you know, because Elon Musk is a little bit trolly, but like he doesn't even under, I don't know if he even really appreciates the level no. that some people have brought the art of trolling to. He, he is um, such an amateur from a trolling perspective, and he has got yeah, no I mean, they, idea the professionals, the preteen professionals, the 14-year-old professionals that yeah. are going to troll him under the table. So what they figured out, Adam, in particular, is if you at-tweeted Microsoft Tay, you could then feed it a bunch of di additional information that wouldn't be displayed, but would be factored into the model. So that's yeah. where you just feed this thing like the most unspeakably racist things yeah. that humanity yeah. has ever imagined. Yeah. You know, I saw, I remember right when that was going on. It there was, was. There was a couple of the screenshots where, I mean, it was, I've, I've never seen like a, a software system basically spit out Hitler and hard R's and like a somewhat, you know, like, 
you know, an, an actual fucking sentence. I mean, it's just, it's I mean, amazing. Even, like, if you're a Microsoft exec reading this, you're like, cut the power to the data center. It's that bad. Oh, I mean, it, was, it is yeah. like, we'll deal with yeah. all of the wreckage that creates. Yeah. I mean, it was very, very bad. So I, but I think that the, in, in this world, I think that where it, it's like, there's no kind of floor. It goes full, absolute free speech bonkers, Biff Tannen bonkers, and yeah. brands all pull. Like, because then you're going to have I, like so McDonald's actually, and Starbucks uh, and United Airlines all going to be. So you're like, saying that they, then they can't I, uh, advertise, they can't get any revenue. They, they, yeah, right. And then they, they pull off the platform, and then I think you see the. I, I think no, you will see in that like, model. I actually, the um, I, I'm a bit more positive. I think that is positive. Isn't that positive? My general impression <laughs> of Elon Musk is that, you know, he's not. He's not dumb. He just may not know something right now, but he seems to always run a certain process to learn. And if he sat down and sort of got a bit of an education on the fact that there are nation states attempting to sway elections right. or people that are actually the targets of crime or, you know, all of those issues, you know, I don't see him um, ignoring those or, you know, like somehow changing those or the like. And, uh, and in a lot of ways, you know, he doesn't have a history of really doing bad investments either. Right. I mean, the guy makes more money every year from stuff that he does. And so, um, you know, and, and I think a lot of it's going to be, he just bought this for, you know, $44 billion. And I think in his mind, Twitter should be worth 200, 300, $400 million dollars. And uh, I think he'll actually work on some ideas that'll potentially make it that. You think it was his childhood with his folks owning the Emerald Mine? <laughs> <laughs> world view. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and yeah. his subsequent experience with the, uh, you know, the, with the building the Hyperloop yeah. that's yeah. now in operation, yeah. and yeah. and uh, the battery, the power wall that's in every home, and yeah, and, I'm yeah. joining this Twitter space yeah. from the Hyperloop. I was going back and forth from San Francisco to LA in the Hyperloop for this entire time, Josh. I, I, I think, yeah. I've taken well, yeah. presumably using using then Starlink to access the <laughs> internet, right. right? I mean, yeah, that, that's and, and I assume you are actually you're joined through your neural interface. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. I mean, I, I don't good track record. Is what <laughs> I'm doing, to be no, it's just the guy. Um, I don't see him spending $40 billion and just throw it away. I think he actually spent the money to make more money. But I think he's going to get bored. I think that, that it's going to be, I think if it doesn't go full Biff Tannen, which will be, I think actually kind of mesmerizing. Cause I think this thing can unspool crazy fast. Um, wow. And we, which you have seen the other social networks. I'm really, gonna, really good. I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm going to triple down on what I just keep on saying. And that is that there is nothing that anybody can do <laughs> stop Twitter from existing. Not and even Elon Musk can fuck up Twitter. I, Not okay, even Elon Musk. That, that, that's a, that's a good one. Okay, so another scenario I've got for you is the PeopleSoft <laughs> just... the, the people scenario is he comes in and just like absolutely decapitates everyone who's got a level of like director or above, replaces them with cronies, and then walks away. Yeah, but that would be – it's a good example that not a single person that currently works at Twitter is required for tri Twitter survival and existence. That's not true. We've got some people in this space who are employees at Twitter who are absolutely load-bearing. <laughs> Twitter is this autonomous – Present company excluded. excluded. No. Please. Twitter, Twitter is this autonomously like sentient 
being that just can exist on its own. Nobody can fuck it up. Okay, so Twitter Spaces. What do you think is going to happen with Twitter Spaces then? I have no idea. I didn't even know it existed until you literally DM me. <laughs> <laughs> the, the best kept secret. I didn't. I, 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 you know, the funny part was it took me a couple minutes to get on here because I had to download the Twitter app to my phone. It's I didn't terrible. I have my phone either. It's terrible. So... Um, I mean, in, next year in Clubhouse. I mean, are, are we going to see uh, you know other social Clubhouse audio is a funny, as like a thing? Clubhouse is a funny one. Someone, it was uh, God. Who was, I think my oldest daughter mentioned Clubhouse to me, and I was like, "You're not going on Clubhouse." And she's like, "What does it mean?" I go, "That's the one that people go and you know, like they they, they they chat and masturbate like that one." She's like, "No, that's that." I I somehow. <laughs> Somehow I'd, I'd made like Clubhouse and they just blended together well, into this one dad moment where I was like, you're not going on there. People just sit there and masturbate on video. She's like, that's not it. Oh, wait, it's this. And I was like, oh, okay. oh so the, there are no cameras. And, yeah, she, no and meanwhile, she's like, what the hell are you thinking of? Like, what's your problem? Dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, really no, no, no. It's chat roulette. It was a thing. I'm, you know, don't, but don't go there. Don't go to chat roulette. I'm really sorry, I brought it up. No, but once I, you know, look, my once, once I, once I sort of had, you know, like direct experience in, you know, these platforms being used to, you know, turn over governments and that kind of thing. As we were heading through 2008, nine, and ten, it just became less interesting to be on these, in my opinion. I think you look at my tweet volume in the last decade, it's basically non-existent. <laughs> True. Yeah. I, so, yeah. it, it, I, and I, then I think that the, I mean, I think there's a possibility that Twitter gets marginally better. Maybe, I mean, maybe this is the story that you're talking about, Jason. That, that you, that you, yeah, yeah, I think it will. I, Matt, what's your, what's your take? So you got your hand up. So I was just thinking, if uh, if Twitter does go downhill, and, and have you guys started uh, thinking about possible alternatives to uh, to doing these chats on Twitter Spaces? Yeah, so I mean, uh, yeah, right. We're we're not going to be on Biff Tannen's platform. So so here's my hypothesis. Feel free. We we can kind of check in on this one after a, a couple of months of the kind of the post Elon Twitter. I think again, this is like not going to be close. I think this, the platform is going to stay like largely the same, or get so bad so quickly that nobody can stay on it. And in that model, where it gets very bad very quickly, other things are going to appear. I think because the idea, the fundamental nugget of the idea is so important and so good, I think that th we may actually we may be in one of these moments. It kind of reminds me of like when the polarity of the Earth switches, which had just happened many times over geologic history. Um, it's not, to I, last time I checked anyway, it's not totally clear why this happens, but it ha does happen very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, it's very non, it, it's non-linear. And once it starts to happen, it flips very quickly. I kind of feel like yeah. we have seen movements where like Friendster did die. Um, right, Friendster, MySpace, Facebook, right. Right, yeah, live journal, this does happen. And, and so it's- But I'm talent, but, I'm, but, I'm, but there's been so many challenges to Twitter and we'll do sort of here and there. It's like every fucking year, even without Elon Musk doing it, there's always some Twitter killer that basically existed. But, the, but, the, just, the, the, but Jason, I, I agree with you, but the, the problem is that Twitter has been like, okay. And, it, and in a world where Twitter has yeah. gone like full Microsoft hey, 
and people have to leave the platform. That's, I think, a different world. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that's, I, kinda, I, just, I kind of think I hope it doesn't happen. I don't know what I, what I want. No, I just, I think it's, it's uh, I don't know why anybody in their right mind would sit down right now and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to start a company and we're going to be like the thing that replaces Twitter. I think it's a great thing to do right now. You know? Oh I my mean, God. It sounds, well, I mean, maybe for somebody, but like for me personally. Right, for somebody else. I mean, are you sounds, investing in that company, Brian? That sounds about as 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 painful as it could get. So I yes, I would. I so okay. This is why I'm not a venture capitalist, and don't worry. Like I like I, we're sticking with the computer company for the foreseeable future. But I actually do think that the I, that would be an interesting bet to make if the team is right. And I think that there are some. I think there's some folks inside of Twitter. I, I mean, watch for high profile resignations inside of Twitter that could actually go build a reasonable replacement having learned from it. I do think that those people absolutely exist. Um, and that's, I just, you know, the thing is, is like, once you start, cause I think a lot of the, you know, the fact that Twitter itself has changed in some ways so little and there, you know what I mean? It's not one of these things where there's like an explosion of features or capabilities or anything else like that. There's always this sort of core set. Like you just, like, it's always confusing to me how such a large product team can have such little output. I mean, just, um, I mean, just that Jason, I mean, the the number of employees there and the number of visible features you see, the size of that building on market street compared with the number of things coming out the door is astounding. It, uh, and then the way that I'm saying it, like you would expect more output. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, but I think the root of that though is, and I'm not, and I mean, and I'm trying to give everybody there the benefit of the doubt. I've never actually worked there, but I actually think that it's an exceptionally complex product environment to be working in. I agree. Yeah. You know, to where, and what I mean is like, you actually will go and say, well, you know, we have this idea here, but if you would take it through like all the consequences of it and what it would sort of go and be used at, you, you always like, Basically, anything you do has got the possibility of being like that Microsoft Tay. You know, it could like really just take it entirely off the rails. You know, and I and I think it's um, I think being that type of, I mean, you just looked at even. I mean, I thought Twitter was popular, and then when you looked at how fucking Trump used it, um, oh, and then the fact that it's. Trump's off of it, and well, it's still here, you know. Everyone, you know, and, and uh, you know, and everything else, and then. It's, but I mean, forget Trump. So if they let Trump back on. That means Alex. No, Jones but I mean, it's it's back. very, it's very, it's very hard to do something like Twitter. I don't think it's an easy no, thing yeah, to do. I totally you, agree. I agree like, that. yeah, yeah. Because because if someone sat down, and was like, oh, you know, come in here, you know, you get ahead of product. And if I sat down and like was really, you know, sat down, and said, okay, well, let's. Let's put the product manager hat on. Let's dig through this. I, I think I'd start going through it and being like, "Oh, this isn't. This is too hard." Well, even even <laughs> if you just even if you just had a, a direct clone, then I mean, you need to seed it with all the content, the users, and whatever. And, and building that seems like a monument, monumental thing to. So I am hoping. That I yeah. not that you, of course, you won't. But with all this with all this freedom talk, I would love to see a restoration of the Twitter API. Because that actually would, would oh. that would allow people to leave faster, um, and that would allow. And, our, and yeah, I, I, I'm just going to say the quiet part loud. But I, but I, the so the the I think, and 
if so, if whether it's her or someone like her, if someone like Leah Culver were to start a, who's currently a Twitter employee, uh, if she were to start a Twitter rival, I think that that would. Eat, eat. She did start a Twitter rival she, twice, and third time's a charm, and the time is right. Oh. And and like spaces is a result of that. That's so. I think that there are people inside of yeah. Twitter that I would pay. I mean, certainly I would pay a lot of attention to that. Yeah, I don't know. They just may have, which I again, I think they may have a thing where, you know, it could be that the the new owner and the new ownership structure is more receptive to even letting them do the things they want to do. That's another possibility, actually. Is in terms of like, okay, so so a positive possibility is it's not it's not like you know it's not like um, you know you know Tesla and other environments is like that. It's not like. those are bad products or bad product companies or have bad product approaches. I mean, <laughs> relatively speaking, no, I mean, I don't own a fucking Tesla, by the way. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, there's, uh, that's a know, super mixed bag. I'm going to burn dinosaurs until, you know, I don't have to, or well, I try to well, walk, I guess. Well, your dinosaur burner is much less likely to run itself into a pylon. <laughs> All right. So we- no, no, but, 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 but the, te- but you know, the Tesla, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, it's you know they're not they're not shitty companies so all right well i think we should um i, I don't know adam are you and i know you were getting in here out of the other other twitter predictions oh i just i just shared a tweet um into the space about the implications to employees uh at twitter today who count on rsus as part of their package and the uncertainty that lies ahead for mm-hmm. Um, for those employees, and uh, in today's job market, the the uh, risks associated for Twitter with uh, potentially losing a large number of employees as a result of that uncertainty. Um, mm. I feel like the like there is a likely scenario in which this is a sufficient distraction that nothing really changes over the foreseeable future. Where I say, you know, the next six months or so. Twitter just is mostly the same because there will not be material changes to, um, they won't be able to like muster enough people and like political clout within the company to be able to really change direction in the short term. I think it's going to take a little while before anything really shakes out. All right. Well, I, I, I think, again, I'm saying the change of headquarters is a lock. So I think that's a, that, that, that's a change you're going to see. Um, I think that, that that's uh, a hallmark of these kinds of hostile acquisitions is that really want to send a message is that you, you – and it wouldn't also surprise me to see things like changing the logo, other things that constitute burning the flag. Um, uh, I will – I'll put it on the line and say predict a, either a direct listing or an IPO within three years. You mean yeah. going back to public? Yeah, yeah, I mean, but but with a different structure <laughs> potentially. I mean, or at least that. And a, I mean, and a, that's and the result of what Ian was. And saying a higher about. market cap. And a yeah, and a higher market, market cap. cap. Right. Okay, then I, I I actually do think that the the other kind of wild card in here is this is actually a lot of money. That's a lot of it is debt. It's being exactly. collateralized with with Tesla stock. There's some nonlinearities here that that could unfold mm. if this thing doesn't mm. go well. Um, it thinks other things could unspool. Um, but I, uh, so, you, so your prediction is an IPO in three years, Adam. Yeah. 
It's like, yeah, I'm going to, I am going to predict that uh, Twitter is uh, not sold for a decade and it's sold for less than it, than it, it's being bought for now. Mm. Mm. Because I think that the I, I think it's gonna be, but I don't know. Maybe I, I think Elon's gonna get bored of this. I, I think this is not fun. It's gonna be hard. No, but like you guys, would you guys rather? Would you guys like you guys personally? Would you let's say? Would you rather work at a Twitter that's run by Jack or a Twitter that's run by Elon? Uh, what's option C? <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess I of those Death two, I'd dignity. Say, I'd say I'd say Jack, but also Jack with a board of directors as opposed to. Yeah. Elon and you know the emperor Elon. walking in every day uh, with some new good idea. Yeah, like who who have, have they said any, they haven't said anything about who's going to be running Twitter, right? No, no, uh, no. Okay. I, I, um, but uh, put me down for Antonio Garcia Marquez Martinez rather running uh, the Facebook guy. Oh yeah, well that makes sense though. Um, th- th- that's a good prediction. Yeah, th- th- that would be pretty consistent. And he would be the kind of velociraptor that I think that uh, Elon wants to feed Twitter middle management to. I just, I just, I just still can't believe that he worked a 420 joke into his share price. <laughs> I mean, imagine having that much money where you look at it and it's like, well, it's really worth 49 bucks. But you go, hey, can we bump it to 5420? So we make a 420 joke. It's scary to me. I mean, and I get, but I guess, I guess sixty nine forty two was too high. <laughs> I mean, like he's just making marijuana and sexual position jokes and all of his share prices. Pretty much, I, I, I would say it's yeah. as if a fourteen year old bought Twitter. But my, I, I, yeah. I think the fourteen year olds have got a more sophisticated sense of humor. I gotta say, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. All right, only time, will. only time will tell. Well, Jason, thank you very much for joining us and taking us on a walk down memory lane. With the, uh, I feel like we need to be donning our authentic 2005 and 2006 garb, Adam. Yeah. For, uh, this reenactment of the uh, early put on one, web. Put on one of my. Put on one of my brown scale with rail T-shirts. That's right. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Jason. Awesome. Um, we're yeah, gonna have, uh, We're gonna have a great space next week. Uh, two of our colleagues um, are going to be. Uh, who uh, each have separately debugged really interesting issues. Um, Luke Aiden and uh, and Jordan Hendricks are going to be here describing um, their their methodology. It's going to be a lot of fun. I don't, I'm really looking forward to that one, Adam. So that'll be yeah, it's going to be great. Be great. So join us next week. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>